In today's conversation, we're talking to Jim Moulane. Jim created one of the largest nonfiction book communities with over 200,000 members. It's called Get Better With Books. What a great title. He's creating content through Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, bringing you the best bites from the best nonfiction books in the world. We discover how he built this account as a side hustle. We go into how he's developed collaborations with some of his favorite authors, why all self-help content might not be that helpful, and we go deep into some principles he's learned from some of his favorite nonfiction books and authors. My name is Tom Boyd, and this is the show that discovers how storytellers are building brands online, from the creative process to the mental frameworks to monetization strategies. I'm fascinated how these individuals are building brands around their individualities. And in this show, we learn what's working so you can apply that to your mission. If you're in the mood to give a review, hit the apple podcast link say whatever is on your mind good or bad it is all welcome i I hear it helps with the algorithm and we're all about the algorithm here guys (laughs) all right enough about me let's get into the show all right so check it out uh so jim welcome to the show tom thanks for having me i uh, of course man uh so i have a question so if you're at a barbecue and someone someone comes up and like, hey man, I heard you uh, I heard you make videos for the internet. <laughs> tell me tell me what that's all about. You know, it's kind of a triggering question. It's loaded, but but uh, uh, can you can you tell me how you would respond to that person that asked that that question at a barbecue? Well, first of all, I think it depends on who it is. You know, if it's like a grandparent, I'm just like, I make videos about books. And they're like, oh, sweetie, that's nice. <laughs> and that's usually it. But if it's like someone who's my age and maybe someone who might be interested in books, I said, hey, like I started this digital community that's focused around people who like reading nonfiction books. That's really the the simplest way to describe it. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, and let's imagine this person is someone that you want to keep the conversation going. I, I have I have canned responses myself for people that, you know, not I don't really want to keep keep the conversation going with, you know, because they it it doesn't really make it won't really make sit with them that well. Like, oh wait, what you you, you, know, you do what for who? <laughs> they, they just don't get it. But I I love that approach. Um, now, when did you start this community? I started it back in May 2018. It was just something that was really a passion project for me. So I've always been interested in photography. I've always been a book reader. And, you know, I was at this point in my career, you know, probably like five years ago, I was like, shit, my day job, it's kind of boring. I'm looking for a little bit more creative fulfillment in my life. And I was like, what if I started a start a blog or start, you know, a specific page? And it took me a little while to figure out what I wanted to do. And I almost just like audited my interests. And I'm like, what am I interested in? What what do I spend the most of my free time doing? And the answer was simple. I was like, I, I do a lot of photography and I take pictures of my wife and landscape and shit like that. And I read a lot of books. Mm-hmm. So I thought about what if there's a way that I could combine the two and Instagram was just, it was a great medium to do that because it's visually based. And uh, that's, that's really all it was. I just wanted to start a page where I could share the books that I was reading, but take pictures them take take nice pictures of books is really what it, what it started as. Interesting. So it started also as more of like a, a creative outlet. 
it was something 100%. where you were like, I, you know, my day job isn't really filling up my cup so much. Yeah. I'm looking for something that can can really get me excited. Was there yeah. any part of you were like, I want to eventually monetize this or was it totally a passion project? It, it was totally a passion project. You know, I, I did not have any expectation for it. I wasn't thinking like, hey, I'm going to turn this into a business, you know, because I, I didn't I didn't know what the reception was going to be. I didn't know that people were going to to have such a positive response to pictures of books. And I I initially thought this is like a nerdy thing, you know, who who reads books and who's disinterested in books, but it uh, turns out that there are there are a lot of people. And today it's one of the largest non-fiction communities on the internet. Yep. Yeah. How, that that's pretty rad. So I want to talk about like how you went from that, you know, starting it day one to mm. getting it to the point where you are today. Mm-hmm. At what point were you like, "Oh, there might be something more here?" I think it was it was after about a year. Uh so I started I started from zero and to to be completely honest, when I started the page, I I didn't go into it thinking like, ah, "I'm not going to care about this." Like I'm I'm someone who's proud of my work. I, I take a lot of uh, you know pride in, in what I showcase to the world. So I wanted to do it as best as I could. So I did a lot of research on how to grow an Instagram account. Um, you know, there's a lot of YouTube videos back in 2018. So there was a there was a format and there was a structure around how I wanted to create content. Uh, but it was after about a year where I'd grown the page to about 75,000 followers in a year, and I was like, there might be something here. You know, it's consistently growing. It's 100% organic. I'm not doing any paid advertising. It's just all through, you know, getting on the uh, getting on the explore page and, and reaching new people. Um, and that was around the point where uh, authors and publishers started reaching out to me, and they were saying, like, "Yo, can I promote my book on your page?" So without even trying, you know, I started I started making some money from this, and that's around the time where I'm like, "Is this something that could be bigger? You know, is there an advertising play here?" Is there an opportunity for me to, you know, maybe sell to the community? Um, so it was really after about a year that I said I, I might have something here. Okay, so it was sort of you know audience first. It was like you know let's get some traction, and then these organic opportunities started showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that. So the first year was it all photos, or were you doing any video at that time? It was really. All photos, and I, I wasn't doing a lot of video reviews. Um, it was something that I, I was really specific about how I want to differentiate my account. You know, I, I went into it thinking uh, I want to make my page different than what I see out there available. Number one, I saw a big gap in nonfiction books. You know, I did a lot of research before I started my page, and a lot of them were based on young adult books, fiction books. You know, these pages were run by women, so I thought, well. You know, I'm not a woman. I don't read young, young adult novels. I read nonfiction and business books and personal finance books. And maybe there's a market for that. So I really wanted to separate myself from that. Uh, but it was just it was all pictures to start. How important was it at the beginning for you to choose something that you were truly curious about? I think that was the the lifeblood yeah. of of starting the account, but more importantly, maintaining the account. Because, I mean, you you know this very well as well. I mean, with the content creation process, it's it's mundane, it's, it's uh, boring a lot of times, and to force yourself to consistently show up and consistently create content about stuff that you're not even that interested in, it will make it so much harder to grow an audience. So for me, like, I've always been interested in books. 
I, I love reading books and I love talking about books to people who share the same enthusiasm. So that just made it so much easier going into it, thinking like, it doesn't feel like work. You know, this is, this is a, a hobby for me and it's a hobby that I truly enjoy doing. And it just made the content creation process that much more easier. Yeah. So part of it is like, uh, this is sort of the, the, the metric that I use for, for like what kind of direction you want to go with your content. When people ask me, I'm like, what do you, what, do you, what truly energizes you in conversations with friends? Mm -hmm. uh, for, for me, a lot of it is, you know, people would come to me and say, Hey, like whenever I'm done talking to you, I feel like I want to go make something. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, maybe I can – like I really enjoy doing that too. And it's having that effect. And you, I'm assuming that in conversations, you were just like – if someone brought up like a book that you read, you probably felt that enthusiasm. And Absolutely. And, and that's so important, especially if you have a daytime job and it's like a side thing because after the day job, you know, you're a little drained, but this thing has to be exciting for you if it's going to be stacked on top of, of, of a day job. For sure. Yeah. And I, I was that person that people were like, yo, I'm looking for a good book. And I was that dude that people were like, yo, I'm looking for a good book. Give me a couple of recommendations. Yeah. And I still am, but, um, it, it helped at least having a core identity something where this brand get better with books brand was also an identity that I shared personally. Yeah. And that just, that just, it made the content. I feel like that much more authentic because it's like, this is an extension of who I am personally. Was, did you always have the same name, get better with books? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to make it very indicative. And this is again, back to my research, uh, when it, before I started the account, like I wanted the, the name of the account or the name of the brand to be, almost common sense you know someone who comes to my page they see the name they see the the bio or they see you know my first nine pictures of the grid they know exactly what my content is about so mm -hmm. you know if, if you vibe with that you're you're going to know what to expect yeah i i, I actually feel the same way about uh, in the process of naming this podcast mm -hmm. i'm tr i'm doing a lot of research right now and the name that i've chosen it's like kind of something that i I like it. I don't love it. Like I feel like bonus footage. If I called it bonus footage, it'd be cooler. But I'm I've chosen to call it for right now. Creators are brands. Mm -hmm. And the point being is, when someone's scrolling, I want people to know exactly what I stand for. And it's like creators building all like these communities online. And I feel like that phrase mm -hmm. piques curiosity for people to want to know more. Mm -hmm. And I feel like some people, when they're naming stuff, they can try to be too cool or too cute. But it's a crowded internet, and you have to get right to the core to to get people's attention from the jump. Uh, now, in that first year, when you were building the Instagram, what were some things that you went from zero to 75,000 pretty quickly? What were some things that you were learning in those YouTube videos that you applied and you saw had success on your channel? So there were a couple things. Number one was the, the content upload schedule needed to be daily. So I went into it knowing that, hey, if I want to grow this community, I want to show them that you're going to get new content every single day. So I wanted to enforce that to, you know, I wanted to provide as much value on a daily basis. So daily uploads. Uh, number two was that, and this is a combination of the photography background that I had, the photos I, I wanted to make sure were high quality content, you know, like a, Instagram is a visual platform. So I wanted to make sure, you know, pictures of books, they're not really that appealing, but if I can, if I can format this or if I can showcase it in an appealing way, you know, it's a crisp photo, it's got a nice background, um, it's got the blurry background, something that pops on Instagram, 
I think the whole goal is to get someone who's scrolling and to stop on the picture. Like that was a mindset. It's like post content that's valuable, but it's visually appealing. Uh, but number three, I mean, there was, there was a lot of research around focusing on a niche, but embedding yourself in that niche. So following similar accounts, uh, being, being social with them, you know, comment, like show love, yep. like show up, uh, yeah, show you know, up, totally. like, um, that's, that's really all it was, is embedding myself within that community and, and showing up daily. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so that first year you get 75,000 who, you said people started to reach out to you. Was there, is there anyone that you can say that you were like, like kind of like a bit starstruck by because you're you're big into the 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 book world i mean listen like it's funny man i'm i'm big into nonfiction myself too and if i like saw an author like if i saw like seth godin like at the coffee shop i would like i would be a little fanboy i'd have to hold it in a little bit <laughs> so there was one there was one experience where i was probably a little over a year in and um one author in particular that I, i've been a fan of for a while robin sharma he's the author of 5am club um he's someone who I, I posted pretty consistently about my page and he ended up dming me on the account and he was just like hey man like i i just want to say i appreciate you uh showcasing and supporting my book you know like i really appreciate it he wasn't saying like hey like let's collab he just like sent me a very thoughtful appreciation you know just like it was that and i was just like wow i mean that's that's such an authentic message but it's also someone that i'm you know i i look up to in a sense that he's a very successful author so just seeing that it was like a, a little bit of a sense of validation on my part i was like okay that's pretty cool i'm going in the right direction yeah. and i think that you do a good job like all of these authors they're creating products essentially yeah and you are basically helping them promote them, <laughs> like right. you know, and and you're making their brand. I call I don't. Someone else might have said this, but it's like value based communication, where it's you like on your own, your permission without their permission, you're just providing value, and as a result, it makes them want to communicate with you and just say, hey. Thank you. And mm -hmm. it, there's something that happens on the internet where, you know, you might do that 10 times and then one of the people reach out and you become, you, you develop this relationship with them. And uh, yeah, it, it, it leads to, to more of the same. Uh, now, in one of your videos, you say this quote, and I think it, I think it aligns up um, lines up well with sort of your approach and I want you to kind of go further into it and how you, this quote might relate to your content. You said, if you're pointed in the wrong direction, it doesn't matter how fast you're traveling. And I think that was a quote from one of the books that you read, mm. uh, but you did a lot of research beforehand. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm just going to like start experimenting. You you experimented, but with a direction and with a goal. So mm. how does that that quote, if, if you're pointed in the wrong direction, it doesn't matter how fast you're traveling, relate to how you approach your content? So that's actually uh, really relevant because before I started the Get Better with Books page, uh, I started a different brand that completely fizzled out and, and crashed and burned within the first three months. So um, I started this digital brand around um, recreational marijuana products, you know, so like I was at the stage where, you know, you're starting to see the legalization of pot and you're like, okay, maybe there's some commercial something aspects here. to this. So there was mm -hmm. something there. So I started something talking about, you know, different products around the, the legalization of marijuana. And it just, it didn't vibe with me. I didn't have, um, I didn't have a whole lot of uh, impact on the community. I just, I didn't buy into it. So to, to your point about that quote, that wasn't a direction that I wanted to, to pursue. Yep. And I, I knew that quite quickly. And that's kind of like why it fizzled out. 
but to, to the Get Better With Books brand, uh, the direction itself was something that I, I received a lot of positive feedback from the people who were following my account. You know, people, a lot of people are just like, dude, you know, I, I haven't read books for, for many years and you inspire me to, to pick up books again. And it was just like little, little messages like that, little pieces of validation. Let me know that this is the right direction because it is positively impacting people's lives. And I think at the end of the day, that's, that's been my number one focus about this account is to make sure that I'm providing value to people's lives by recommending quality books that will impact people's lives. Um, and I think that's, um, that's really been my mission since day one. And it's, I think that's part of the reason why it's, it's grown um, because I really haven't been selling anything. And it's back to your point yeah. about like, um, the, the value, you know, back to the whole Gary V, um, you know, the jab, 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 right hook for the first, you know, two and a half years, it's been all jabs, nothing you but know? jabs. I haven't yep. been selling anything. And I think a lot of people really appreciated that because like, I'm not out here selling merch or I'm not out here, you know, doing all this stuff, which I'm getting into now, you know, I got some right. Yeah, yeah, coming, yeah. But I think uh, people really appreciate that, that this just wasn't a big sales pitch. Totally. And so it's funny, man, I, I am big into self-development content i i love it i eat up i got i got shelves I, i'm i'm the guy in my circle where people reach out and say uh you know what what, what book can i have what, what suggestions you have i i eat them up and i um it's funny there's this stigma too like even when i was getting into them at the beginning like in certain friend groups oh you're into that self-help like like crap you're into that woo woo you know like yeah. there's a stigma that it's like the world is like shifty that it's scammy but yeah. i know from experience like for like I the first one I got was like the most it was the success principles by Jack Canfield I have I still have it up there and I have I have stuff written in there that like came true when it came to like the manifestations and and like um you know setting your intentions and like a, a lot of the, that, that was the first time I learned the rule of you know the, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with and like mm -hmm. that shifted I started looking at everyone I was like I'm the average of this <laughs> you know what i'm saying like like mm -hmm. and i was able to get like what i'm so i'm curious i still have a weird time like uh totally not, not not a weird time but i still feel like there's this stigma around self-development books like yeah. it's this woo-woo world and uh i know for a fact that it's you know depending on who you are i mean i've found a lot of value in it how do you respond when people say like oh you're into that crap it, I mean, it's, it's just almost like a reflection of, of themselves, you know, like if you're, mm. if you're a skeptical person, um, if you don't believe that you have the opportunity to grow in as an individual, you know, there's a great book by Carol Dweck called mindset. And there's two factions. There's people with a fixed mindset who believe that they don't have the capacity to grow their, their skills, their attributes, their potential in life. It's fixed. They cannot change that. But on the opposite side of that coin, there's a group of people with a growth mindset who believe that they have an opportunity to grow through persistence, through grit, through effort, perseverance. They can grow beyond the means that they're at right now. And it was one of those books that completely just like, like it just flipped the script of my whole life. Because just like you said, I started looking around of my close circle. Um, you know, I, I still have my same group of friends that I've hung out with in high school. I'm the only person who, you know, reads these types of books. And I know that I, I embrace that. I, I live that. But at the same time, I'm not, I'm not preachy. You know, I'm not like, yeah, you guys, you guys really need to get into this book. You guys, yeah. need to, you know, it's like, if, if you're into it, you are, if you're not, that's cool. Yeah. If they, that's sort of my, my approach on it. If they approach me about it, 
I'll right. open up. But right. if like I'm not gonna say, hey, you need this because as soon as you say that to someone, they clench up and yeah. and and yeah, we'll, we'll we'll find all the reasons to not need that. The other reason, the other thing too is, I find that these these a lot of these books, like yeah, there are some that are. Uh, it could have been a blog post that yeah. you know it, it turns out to be a lot of uh, a lot of filler space and th- there's that and you know I, I liken that to like the food industry right so there are people that are gluten intolerant mm-hmm. uh, but then the food industry saw it and said oh we can market that so then everyone became kind of like oh they're just marketing it's just a marketing scam now no there are some people that they really have huge benefit from it you know and and mm-hmm. need it so a lot of people have saw oh there's money in self-development so a lot of people are just throwing ideas and you know remixing these books and, and you're just doing all the things to sell books but there is so much gold out there the other thing is they're maps they're not going to do it for you. Right. So they're giving you the insight. You still have to take the action. So if someone reads the book and be like, I'm not rich now. I don't have a million subscribers now. Well, you have to follow the map. You know, mm-hmm. and, and most people don't even, don't even try to follow the map. Now, there's a video that you talk about, and it, it kind of touches on the subject, why self-help books aren't helpful. So let's go into a little bit of that. Um, so the first myth is, the more self-help books you read, the happier you'll be. Mm-hmm. Can you can you expand on that line? Yeah, and that's just a continuation of what you just said, is that people are just pillaging the self-help space because they see it as a, a marketable opportunity. Um, I, I mentioned in that video that a lot of these authors go into being an author because it's a branding ploy. Right. Like you can you can write a book, you can put it on your LinkedIn that you're a best selling author and then you can go on speaking tours. And I think that just it just depletes the whole value of the book because your, your intentions aren't to write a book that helps someone. Your intentions are to write a book to help yourself. And there's mm-hmm. a, a lot of books. You talk about books that could have been a blog post. You know, I've I might ruffle a lot of feathers, but like I've been uh, I've been very vocal about uh, start with why. You know, Simon Sinek. It's a very very popular book in the self help space, but it's one of those books that I personally read, and I just I just was immediately repelled because I was like I don't I don't agree with this. Like I get the message, but the delivery was just like five percent value, ninety five percent fluff. And I think that's just an example of what more and more authors are doing today because of the fact that they know people were, will, they eat the self-help stuff up. Yep. T- totally. Totally. And I was going to ask you that, what self-help books. So you, you got Simon Sinek's on there. And I agree with you. I made it two paragraphs. I was like, oh, I get it. I yep. get it. I don't need to read it. I've, I watched a video. I'm, I'm good, bro. Yeah. Um, are there any other books that you want to ruffle some feathers about that could have been a blog post? So I, I won't say that it's something that could have been a blog post, but there's one particular author that, you know, he gets me a little riled up when I read his <laughs> books. I get a little defensive. So there's uh, Nassim Taleb. He is a a brilliant, he's a trader, he's a philosopher, he's an author. He's one of these guys that is is almost too smart for his own good. So Mm -hmm. when you read his books, you can immediately tell he's brilliant. 
but he's almost writing because he wants you to know how brilliant he is. Mm. So I think that there's a way that you can, you can structure a book to provide value. Like I was saying, but you know, if you, if you write it in the sense where it's like, you're just doing it for validation, you want to puff your chest up. It's like, come on, dude. Like, I get it. You're smart. You just, you peel back a little bit. You're yeah. Little, yeah. You yeah. Know, come on, man. What books, is, what, what, what's a, what's a book that he's written? Uh, so he's got, um, anti-fragile, which the concept itself is it's, it's brilliant. So the concept of anti-fragile is the, how normal stresses of life can build resiliency in systems. You know, he talked a mm. lot about the financial collapse, talked about, you know, human bodies and weightlifting, like you're constantly stressing your body to build a yep. resilient frame. But he talks about, the, um, there's the, uh, the black swan, um, he just, uh, this, uh, I got one over here. Um, actually it was recommended by Naval. Uh, Oh, I can't he, wait to get into Naval. Yeah. We'll talk about Naval's, but yeah, Nassim Taleb, he's, he's got a bunch of them. He's, he's a brilliant guy. He's, it's one of those authors that will challenge you, but, but yeah, peel back I, a little bit. I get it. You're You're smart. Yeah. I, I, I think I know, like I've, I've read books like that too, where I'm like, okay, this is cool, but I uh, I have a job. I have a side job. I got a wife. I'm not trying to read the whole thing. Tell me exactly <laughs> what I need to do, and I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of. I feel like there's a lot of health and fitness books. So I'm I'm big into that space. Uh, you know, maybe I hear someone on a podcast talking about his diet regimen, or and I'm like, oh, I want to learn more about that. I buy the book. I go right to like. I get it, bro. I go right to the chapter where it's like, this is the four-week plan. Like, mm-hmm. don't give me the whole lead-up. I get that, like, at the beginning, you might need to know a little bit the why. Like, but if I trust you, uh, like, I don't, I don't need all that. But he also needs that bi- that book to go on that podcast tour, that speaking tour, <laughs> to get that presence for his brand. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you talk about you should create an action plan, and 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 one key takeaway. Uh, 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 sorry, I'm going to reword this. You should, you talk about how, uh, I'm, I'm not even going to delete this out of the final episode. This is part of the <laughs> process. All right. You say you create an action plan from one key takeaway from the book. Yeah. Is there an example that you can share, a, a, a takeaway that you've learned from a book that mm-hmm. has directly affected how you approach your personal brand, Get Better With Books? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the most important books that I read last year, you know, 2020 pandemic, lockdown, quarantine, uh, was a book by Ryan Holiday called Stillness is the Key. Mm. And the premise of the book is how by proactively slowing down your life, it will provide more opportunity to, to think. And, you know, the whole stillness, mindfulness aspect of life, it just brings you a little bit more internal peace. And it was something that given 2020, it was very relevant. And it was something that I said, this is, this is perfect for everything that's happening in the world right now. So there was one specific takeaway that I still do on a daily basis. It's, um, journal and, mm. you know, the book talks about, you know, going for walks, journaling, meditating, all these things that can kind of s- slow down your world. But journaling ever since then, um, has been part of my daily routine. And the biggest takeaway that I, I, I've gotten from that is just the opportunity to clarify my thoughts. You know, I'm, I'm someone who's, you know, I'd say I'm more, I'm more scatterbrained. I'm a little bit more of an abstract thinker. Um, so when it comes down to like figuring out a linear plan or a linear path to my thoughts, I struggle with that. So putting my thoughts down on paper and actually identifying my thoughts, but 
questioning them a little bit, you know, like, is this really how you feel? But okay. And, and kind of like piecing together my, my thoughts and ideas. Journaling is the mechanism that has just profoundly grown just, just how I think and becoming more of a critical thinker. So just identifying something and, and trying to, to implement it into your daily routine. I think that's like, that's my biggest recommendation to anyone who reads books is, you know, don't just speed through it and, and get to the next one just to say that you've read it, you know, try to figure out how you can find at least one thing and implement it into your life. Cool. And your journaling process, what does that look like? Is that every morning you do that at night? What, what? I, tr I try to do it every morning. So the past few months I've really been, um, really been focused on my morning routine. Um, so I have my, my daughter, she turns three in September. I have, thank you. I have twins on the way. Whoa. Hey, hey. Full sound, house in here. Full house. Let's go. So <laughs> my, my free time is starting to dwindle and on both ends. So I've been very proactive about identifying times in my day. I'm a morning person You know, I like to get up early. I think better in the morning, but cultivating a time during the day where I can, I can focus and, and journaling was a staple to that morning routine where, you know, just, just building some structure around the day and, and asking about the process. I really just, uh, I spent a couple minutes doing some gratitude things that I'm, I'm really grateful for, grateful for my health, grateful for my family, grateful to be alive. But I, I asked one specific question every morning on the journal. I said, what needs to happen today to make this a great day? You know, Ooh. what are, what are, dude, that I love it. I love yeah. you uh, that uh, talk about if you're pointed in the wrong direction, it doesn't matter how fast you're traveling. Yeah. So that is like an aligning, like that is a, a, a way of forcing you in the right direction. Yeah. Forcing you to answer that at the beginning, get the funk out of like, like the cobwebs out of your brain and yep. focus on what matters now today yep. for, for you. Yeah. And it's just setting a good intention for the day. And you know, I've always, I don't know who told me this, uh, could have been a relative, could have been a friend, but someone always told me great days start with great mornings. And I, when I start with journaling and asking that question, it just sets the intention of how can I make most use of this time? And, um, it just, it helps focus in on, you know, what are the two mm -hmm. or three things that will make this a really good day? So I love the I love the journaling. It's something that I also do too. It's uh, I think there's a great quote. I, I say this often in my head, um, and I think I said it on another podcast I recorded. But someone said, uh, "You don't write what you know. You write to figure it out what it is you, that you know." <laughs> and like sometimes journaling, like that's where the idea is. Like you just it's like it's like puzzle piece. I, I I call it puzzle pieces for your ideas mm. so as you're journaling oh this one can be moved down here and like this little idea and it, i don't know it just helps me clarify like what it is i actually think about stuff you know mm -hmm. actually seeing it tangible another so thing that before we ahead. before you move on the journaling yeah. I, it's worth mentioning that i i also use it just as a, a mechanism to remember you know i've been very cognizant of the fact i was talking to my wife about this last night you know it was one of those times where we're like man we're getting older we're getting yeah. older. So it's like, it's more important to, to preserve memories and yeah, yeah. to, to document and figure out where you are at certain stages in your life. You know, journal is, is an opportunity for me to just stamp out, you know, how am I feeling right now? What's going on in my life? So, you know, a year from now, two years from now, you can look back and be like, okay, I remember it, but you can also identify how much you've grown since then. Mm, I love it. I love it. Yeah. A little snapshot of, of, mm -hmm. of that moment. Uh, now the you said Naval. I brought up Naval earlier. Yes, sir. Um, I'm a, I'm, 
like I read Naval last year. I, I heard his podcast first, and I started like Googling everything. No, I, my friend sent me the, the tweet storm, and then like I found the podcast, and I started Googling like everything about this dude. And, and as someone that like spent a lot of my time working for other people, uh, whether it's freelancing, whether it's a day job, uh, it, there were so many things in that that in the, what he teaches these philosophies for create like creative minds is what i feel like uh, across a lot of industries um that have been a major impact to me and one of them was just the idea i i can't even pinpoint it to a specific line but um i've spent a lot of time building other people's audiences right so as creatives as like uh photographers as uh as graphic designers as video guys as as people that are building websites Everything we're doing is like helping other people build audiences. Mm-hmm. And it, and like there's something that he said it was like wait, if you don't have an audience, you're building someone else's audience. <laughs> yep. You're getting paid and that person has all the leverage. And it helped me think about leverage differently. Not that helping to build someone else's audience isn't a great thing. You learn a lot. It, it helps you to get money to go on the offense and build your own. So that was like a that was like a kind of like this moment that shifted how I think about where I should be putting my creative ideas. Mm-hmm. Are there any shifts that you developed um, as you were reading or studying Naval's work? Yeah, there's there's several. And I had the same experience. And I, I was a, a big fan of Joe Rogan. I still am. And it was just one of those random podcasts that you listen to. And I, I remember stopping. I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is yeah, this guy? Yeah. Like, I feel I feel like 10 times smarter having just listened to 45 minutes of this guy speak. Like I, I had the same experience. So I just looked into everything about him. And I, I listened to that podcast over and over. Like it was one of those things where it was almost like a, a manual, like it was a reference point yes. because a lot of it was just, it was so, it was common sense, like not common sense, but like it made a lot of sense, not common sense. It made a lot of sense. Um, so it got to the point where his points about getting rich, you know, I've always been focused on building personal wealth. I've been focused on investing. So the, the idea of, leverage but also building a business to leverage yourself that was something Mm. that was really that was something that i was doing with the get better with books brand but when he had mentioned i said like okay this is something i need to double down on and when he talks about productizing yourself and building a brand around that permissionless media you know all these things about building business around um, you know scalability of, of media these days that was just more reinforcement around, okay, I need to keep on this path because it is an extension of myself um, to, to productize, you know, who you are and what you can value. Yeah. Yeah. I, bro, he, he actually says a line about Joe Rogan in the book or in the podcast, whatever the, the book is basically, how would you describe the book? It's, it's, it's like someone else kind of took his ideas and like, or like interviewed him for the entire book. Yeah. So the, the Almanac Naval Ravikant is basically just, uh, it's a manuscript of his different podcasts or his different tweets. It's like basically someone, someone dictated everything that he, he talked about during his, and his, organized uh, it into yeah. chapters, sections yeah, that are like three sections. Flow. There's the section of on wealth creation, which is what we're talking about leverage and business and, and making sure that you, you leverage that to for your own personal gain. He has a section on happiness, and then he has a section on 
uh, health or you know there's there's three sections yeah, yeah, yeah. happiness and health or something like that uh, anyways I don't know if, if, that, yeah, if you yeah, haven't yeah. read it, it maybe maybe it's a time for us to reread it again you're right you're right well it's it's one of those ones that you can pick up whenever it's it's re- yeah. it's it, you can you can like hit a little section. You can hit two pages, and yeah. it can kind of ground you in in sort of those principles that like can help direct your your mood as a creator. The uh, the thing that he was talking about with Joe Rogan, he was like, "What's fascinating about someone that is creating permissionless leverage like Joe Rogan when he creates a podcast now today, it is actually easier to create a podcast than it was the first day he started." Mm-hmm. Like he has the systems in place, he has the team. He all he has to do is show up, but he makes a lot more money. So it's like it's this inverse relationship that this permissionless leverage of 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 building a brand and being accountable and and having the he calls the the robots of code like work for you. Yeah. So he posts it once. He he's not working like the first time you're starting a podcast. You're like figuring out the branding. Like the, I think there's a clip of him online like trying to find like how to set it up, and he like, <laughs> he just looks doofy. That was so much harder to do yeah. than it is today. But he's making a hundred million dollars now as opposed to like zero dollars in that first right. day. Yeah, he's not working any harder on his thousandth episode than he yeah. is on his first. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think that was the Naval way of saying it. Yeah. Uh, you know what you mentioned about Naval? He, he, uh, it's he he speaks it in simple terms that you can understand. He's actually the opposite of what you talked about with the the one author that tries to flex so hard and like show how smart he is. All Naval cares about is if you understand what he's saying. Yeah, he has a great quote in the book that said, "All all brilliant thinkers are clear thinkers." They can they can clearly articulate their thoughts, clearly articulate the value, and it's it's a skill, it's a skill that I try working on myself because I I think I still have a little bit of room to grow there. Totally, totally, and I and I think he admits that sometimes he was like, yeah. listen, these are like ideals, like I'm trying to like I'm still figuring this stuff out. A yeah. lot of the stuff that I talk about is because I had to go through it and learn it myself. Mm-hmm. What 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 else? What else from Naval could a creator apply to their brand? Um, so. The the certain the certain chapters are he has the wealth chapter. Um, there's one there's one part at the end of the book that is something that even beyond business, even beyond creating creating, uh, had a huge impact, and that's just understanding that our our experiences, our our lives, they're so short. Um, you know, in in a, in a couple hundred years, and in, in two hundred years, no one's no one's going to know anything about us. Uh, yeah. You know about our families, so um, keep that in mind. Use that in perspective when you're you're thinking about creating something. You're putting out a new piece of content. You're trying something a little bit different, but you're maybe hesitant. You're like, ah, I don't know how people are going to react to this. Is this cringe? Like, the at the end of the day, overthinking that comes from it. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's like who really cares? You know, people, people probably won't really care as much as you think. And that's kind of like the cynical way I I think about it. You know, the whole spotlight effect, you think that everyone's watching and everyone's (laughs) critiquing you, but in reality, people are all focused on their own shit. So at the end of the day, it's just like, don't overcomplicate it. Yeah. People are swiping through their phones in the line at the grocery store. Like they don't care about your 30s. Like that's something that's been able, I've been, that's helped me get over some of the overthinking around my content, Mm -hmm. especially when we're making short videos. Like people are like, all right, go to the next, go to the next, like whatever. Like (laughs) I I wasted 20 seconds on this goober in the red sweatshirt. Um, the uh, something that that he talks about too on that show or on that podcast is something that like I didn't, 
I did I I, I didn't understand how to put it in words. Like what, what he's brilliant at doing is putting things that like make sense to you already mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. words. So mm-hmm. you can like you can like uh it's like holding up a mirror to like being able to like analyze these ideas even further. Uh, the one is how relationships compound. Mm. And I was like, what does that mean? And then it, it started to hit me. So I, I started in the music industry. Mm-hmm. And when I started, everyone else that was around me was just starting. But I was – I didn't really have that much talent, but I was a relationship guy. Like I would mm-hmm. meet everyone in the room. It just – out of the genuineness, I like I was genuinely interested in these people, mm-hmm. and eventually, like these people that I like, I like one person was an intern that was it. I remember the front row in the show at a show, and then like later became an intern and like was like a total fan. Like an intern was someone in the industry, and then now she's like the head of A and R at a big, at a, a monster publishing company, and like that's ten years later, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that 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 scenario has happened with dozens of people that i met so the compounding relationships i think he says like align yourself with people that have like high integrity and like um high intelligence and and he was like you know after 10 years as their world compounds Mm -hmm. so does your world because the Mm -hmm. bigger they get like the bigger your relationship gets and Mm -hmm. you know it's like a and not to look at it in a selfish way but like i mean uh who you align yourself with now where are they going to be in five years? Like, yeah. like I, I believe, you know, this podcast, I, I'm able to develop relationships with people like you that I think are, are just going to continue to grow and become uh, uh, massive impacts on people's lives with the content you create. So how do you think about that, like, when it comes to building relationships? Uh, it's something that I see in my day job all the time. So outside of the whole brand creator, I'm, I'm trained in sales. I've been in enterprise sales for my entire career. And it's something that I see, uh, a hundred percent. And I, um, I think the quote is, he says, uh, build long-term, uh, play long-term games with long-term people, right? Like, and that's how, you know, you can trust people as how long they've been doing what they do. And it's something that I see in, in my day job. It's I've been working with, with Joe Schmo for two weeks. I don't really know what he's all about, but Brad over here, I've been working with him for four years. I know what he's all about. I know his integrity. I can trust him, mm-hmm. you know, and it's that, that, um, that trust that enables us to work quickly and a little bit more efficiently. Whereas someone who I don't really know, I don't really trust. You kind of have to go through those barriers and that steps. And when it comes to um, the whole creator ecosystem, it's something that I've I've really been slow to adopt because I I've been in this initial mindset where I'm going to go at everything myself. Like I don't have a team, I, you know, I don't have anybody. It's all you. Me. It's all me. You know, I'm I'm doing all my own content, doing all my editing, doing all the platforms. You know, I got my own books and everything like that. And maybe it's a detriment to that in terms of like expanding my network internally or maybe building a team. I maybe haven't grown as quickly, but I've I've tried to keep keep my circle small. But as I'm starting to grow on the different accounts, I'm starting to do more things like this, you know, like yep. more, more, more podcasts and establish these relationships. And I've, I've built more relationships with authors. Um, and over the past 18 months, I've built some great relationships with, with publishers and publishing houses. Mm-hmm. And, and it's that, it's that initial apprehension that has, has kind of warmed up a little bit and saying like, Hey, listen, um, I need to establish more of these relationships. It's paid off tenfold. And it's something where I was like, I should have been doing this years ago. But um, yeah. that's, that's just who I am as a person. I'm a little bit more reserved. Um, it takes a little while for me to to build trust with people, but once I do, it's like, hey, 
Let's get it. And and in a way, you've been doing something that Naval talks about um, is is building is is the best way to network is to build. So you've been building your brand publicly, mm-hmm. and as a result of that, it attracts like minded individuals into your world, and then like the loop kind of con- like compounds from there. You right. start to create with these other people, more opportunity comes, and you just keep building publicly, and then mm-hmm. you attract more like minded people, and it kind of keeps going from there. Exactly. Now I want to I want to ring off a couple um, books uh, and and I want to know your something I, I need to know from these books because I haven't read them. Okay. Um, so one is flow states. What is one thing I need to know from that book? So the the concept of flow, if we start there, is just any activity that while you're doing it, you lose track of time. So that could be a creative endeavor. It could be, you know, working on spreadsheets. It could be exercising. And the the main tenant behind that is that during these flow states, that is arguably the most enjoyable experiences that we can have as a human being. So the biggest takeaway that I got from that book is number one, I identify the experiences in your life that create those flow states and try to proactively create more of them in your daily routine. So here's an example. I truly enjoy the content creation process, meaning taking a bunch of pictures in my book, uploading it into, you know, my Lightroom app on Adobe and making me edits and creating a caption. Like I, I really enjoy that process in which I, I, I lose track of time when I do it. So that is, you know, the, the actual flow state. So it's something where if I can carve out time every single day in my life to do more of these things that create this optimal enjoyment experience, I'm going to have a better life. I'm going to have a better day. I'm going to be a happier, more fulfilled person. So I think that's really the epitome of flow is find something that induces that flow state and just do more of it. And arguably you're going to have better output too and make more impact on the world at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, a lot of people, uh, the, the old mindset of, of just, Oh, you just got to slug it out and do everything, you know, do it, make everything happen. Right. But if you're spending more time in your genius zones in the, in those areas that really give you energy, you're going to give more to the world because you're going to, you're just going to have more output. Like mm-hmm. just, just by the theory itself, just you're, you're going to be able to focus on more and create better. And the world's going to be a, a better place as a result. Mm-hmm. So here's a question. The Goggins book was, what's the title of the Goggins book? Can't All you guys can't hurt me. What What does a creator need to know from from God? God, like you know, he's intense to get into. Is there like one thing that I need to know from that book? The one thing that you need to know from that book is that most of the challenges that happen in life are internal challenges. Uh, a mm. lot of the the adversity that goes on in your life, obviously, there's external circumstances that that suck, but a lot of that translates into inner turmoil. And I think the biggest takeaway that Goggins gives us is that if you can create more of a resilient and gritty mindset, you can evolve beyond these challenges. You can adapt to them. You can say, listen, like I got a flat tire, like screw it. Like I know how to fix that. You know, I've, I've had a shitty morning. I can have a better afternoon. It's just having, having that resiliency is something that you can work on. You can build grit by doing things that challenge you. Let's get into green lights. What does Matthew McConaughey, what makes him such a great storyteller? I think his his method of communication is just such a disarming. He's such a disarming, charismatic guy that you just, you know, he's someone that you talk to or listen to and you're just like, 
man, like he makes me feel good. You know, he's just, he, he's one of those guys that you can tell he's authentic, um, but he's, he's humble. You know, he's someone who's literally seen the heights of success and he's someone who understands the journey. You know, he knows that he came from nothing. He knows that he made a lot of mistakes in life, but he's someone, and this is really the biggest takeaway that I got from, from Matthew McConaughey is like, when we're all going through these growth experiences, you know, there's a lot of self-doubt, you know, there's a lot of what ifs and, you know, you're like, I, I don't know if this is going to work out, but he was one who always emphasized the fact that like, trust, trust your instincts trust your gut. You know, if, if this is something that really nourishes you, it's like, you got to go after it because like, what's the alternative? Something that's not going to fulfill you. It's mm -hmm. like, do it. And, and, and his storytelling, uh, I think his attention to detail, knowing the one story where he's talking about wrestling the guy in that village, Yeah, you, you, you're brought into it through his detail. He, like, he's like his chin, I put my chin on his clavicle, like the sweat was mixing the game. Like, like he mm -hmm. like goes, like, you know what the temperature is, you know what he was wearing. Like you feel like you're like in that fight with him and you're mm -hmm. seeing it. Okay. Now let, let's, let's move into, let's kind of wrap it up here. Um, the next platform you're going on, I see you on YouTube now, you're on TikTok, mm -hmm. you're on, the Instagram was your main hub for a couple mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. In a year from today, what is something that you're most proud of that you've accomplished with your brand? I think this has to do with more of the commercial aspect of it. And we talked about this in the beginning where a hundred percent of my content was jabs. Uh, I'm getting into the stage where I'm building some right hooks right now. So I have uh, an email newsletter that I just rolled out recently, kind of did a, a beta launch on that. So I got a couple hundred email subscribers. You know, I've done a lot of research that the email newsletter business, it's, it's, it's big right now. You know, there's there's a lot of bit popular newsletters, and it's something that's very uh, low hanging fruit that you can get going. But um, I'm actually in the process of building out a morning journal. So we mm. talked about like the, the journaling process. Um, I, I struggled with this a lot because like I knew I wanted to sell a product, but I wanted to make sure it was authentic to me, authentic to my brand. Uh, but it was something that I do personally. So not just like I'm selling something I think it's going to help. No, it's like something that I do personally that I know it's going to help other people. Um, and notebooks are nothing new. You know, there's there's a billion notebooks out available. So I'm thinking, how could I differentiate myself? And I'm in the process of building out a morning journal around those prompts that I had mentioned. You know, how can I yeah. how can I start my morning, start my day with intention and purpose and really just building a structure around that? I love that. So that'll be your, those two ways are kind of the next steps in how you're going to monetize your brand and, mm -hmm. and kind of um, make this like a full circle business for get better with books and continue to inspire people. Yeah. Continue to, to grow the Instagram page, you know, still collaborating with a lot of authors. I think that's, that's my main source of, of income from the brand right now is just through advertising and promotions through authors doing a couple of those per month. Um, it's, it's something that we're at, there's, there's a fine line, there's a balance. You know, I think there's a lot of accounts that are so reliant on, on promotions. And I think it takes away from your whole message. I think it dilute, dilutes your value when you just commercialize the shit out of your account. So that's, it's a fine line, but promotions, some products, and you know, I'm trying to grow my YouTube to the point where I can start monetizing that as well. So just having a couple streams. Awesome. So working with the authors is basically, it's like a brand deal, but they, you, you help promote their book. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a you know, just, book brand um, deal. Uh, mm -hmm. Books are just uh, authors and publishers just reach out and say, hey, 
let me promote my book and I say, all right, here's, here's my rate card. Like, let me, let me know what you think. Yo, bro, that's the beautiful, most beautiful lifestyle business. Like, and, and I know it's so funny. Like it's, we see the, the, the top, like we see what you publish and there's so much work going into the process of getting it to where it is. So thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing some of that process. Absolutely. And, and we're excited for the next steps in your brand. So where can we find you? Uh, Instagram at get better with books, uh, YouTube, Get better with books. I'm on TikTok right now. Um, also, check out my website if you want to sign up to my weekly newsletter, getbetterwithbooks.com. Go get that newsletter. I'm sure, I feel like we'll have a lot of fun conversations like this in the future. Absolutely. But uh, yo, thank you so much for being on and have a wonderful day, my man. Appreciate it, Tom.